to Building Stronger Creatives, a fitness podcast for musicians, artists, nerds, and former misfits. I'm a former out-of-shape professional musician turned personal trainer and nutrition coach to hundreds of clients, and I'll give you no-nonsense information about what it really takes to get and stay fit within the context of a creative life. Here, you'll find practical advice on strength and endurance training, sane and simple nutrition, habit building, and time management tools to help you make lifestyle changes that actually stick. Most fitness coaches have no clue what it really means to be a creative, whether you're a professional or a passionate hobbyist. I'm different. I've been where you are, and I share your values. Let me show you how you can use the gym to build a kick-ass creative life. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to episode 58 of Building Stronger Creatives. I'm your host, Caroline Juster, and today I want to talk about how to make time for exercise when you're a busy professional musician. Now, before I get into this more, let me just say that if you're not a professional musician, I hope that you'll still listen to this episode. The strategies and tactics that I'm going to share can help anybody who either has a really varied and crazy schedule or people who are going through a really stressful period in their life. I want you to feel like you can continue moving your body and continue exercising no matter what life is throwing your way, no matter what you do for work, and no matter how stressed out you may be. So I'm going to talk about musicians specifically today, but again, if you're not a musician, I hope that some of these tips can still apply to you, and I know that they probably can. Now, I've worked with a lot of professional musicians over the years and currently in my coaching practice. I've worked with people who play for major symphony orchestras. I have worked for people who teach... Uh, professionally at a university or a conservatory. I have worked for people who are gigging in Southern California, doing a lot of studio playing. I've really worked with people who've done a lot of different stuff and covered most corners of the music industry. Now, while these people may play different instruments and different styles of music, the one thing that they all have in common is that their lives are very unpredictable and their schedules are all over the place. Now, someone who plays in an orchestra may have regular rehearsals, but they may also have other gigs. They may be running all over town to teach. They may be playing in chamber music groups that meet sometimes. They may play some weeks at the symphony, but not other weeks. So even people that have a little more routine have just tons of unpredictability and variability in what they're doing each week. And people who are playing studio gigs, like God bless you guys, you are all over the place doing all the things, dealing with so much chaos and uncertainty and still making great music and kicking ass. So tons of respect for all the professional musicians out there or aspiring professional musicians. Now, if this is you, or again, if you're not a musician, but you have some other kind of crazy job, or maybe you're a new parent, you have a lot of responsibilities, you have to be a lot of different places, you work odd hours you don't need me to tell you that it's tough to find time to do stuff. It's tough to, you know, do the things you need to do for your job. So if you're a musician, like you have to practice in addition to all of the recording and performing and teaching and gigging that you're doing. But everybody has to do various adulting tasks. Like you got to probably do your laundry. You got to clean your house unless you're paying someone to do those things for you. You have to find time to exercise. You have to find time to either go find healthy food or cook healthy food or order healthy food. All of this stuff takes time. And what I've found is that the musicians that are the most fit share several strategies. And I have 
observed this in people that I haven't worked with, like colleagues, including people that I've had on this podcast, by the way. And I have also helped my own clients work through some of these struggles so that they can get in a consistent exercise routine. Because if you've been listening to this show or following my work, you know that I really strongly believe that musicians need to work out. They need to do strength training. They need to do some cardio. They need to take care of their mobility. They want to feel good and have a long and healthy and happy career. So how do you actually do that in the context of like the insane schedules that some people have? What I want to do in the rest of this episode is share five of what I think are the most helpful strategies. Again, things I've seen the fittest musicians that I know employ, like observe them from the outside and talked about them with, and also strategies that I've used with a lot of success with my own clients who are professional musicians. So let's dive into those five strategies to help you make time for exercise when you're a busy professional musician. The first strategy right off the bat is that we have to manage expectations and we have to be honest with ourselves about what is truly possible. And this applies to several different aspects of fitness. First of all, managing expectations about achieving a really lofty fitness goal. One example of this would be running a marathon or entering some sort of performance event, some sort of performance goal that requires a ton of training time. If you only have a couple hours a week to work out, you're not going to be able to train safely and effectively for a marathon. Full stop. Another example would be strength-based. So if you're really stressed out or you have to work out at home, you don't have a lot of equipment at home, you know, maybe now is not the time to set like an all-time barbell deadlift PR something that requires a lot of recovery time, something that can be stressful, something that requires specific equipment. We want to be honest about like, what can we actually do with the time and resources that we have available? Resources could be equipment, it could be mental space, bandwidth, a whole bunch of different things. So if you're really struggling to be consistent, you know, a good goal might just be to be consistent. It might be to improve your progress a little bit on a few key exercises. I know it can be motivating sometimes to set a big goal and I have encouraged people to do that, but like sometimes we have to be honest with ourselves that now isn't the right time. So manage expectations about what's possible in terms of goals. By the way, this also applies to weight loss. If you listen to my last episode, I talked about why exercise is a little overrated for weight loss. However, if you're really stressed, you're on the go a lot, like you probably also won't have the time and energy necessary to devote to nutritional changes that will lead to fat loss. So some people will probably be able to lose some weight when they're really busy and stressed, but if you've struggled with fat loss, it might be a good time to just focus more on moving your body and feeling good and setting goals like that as opposed to, oh, I have to lose 20 pounds. You know, Maybe you're not in a place to do that when you're really busy and really stressed. You certainly can get there by building good habits and being consistent, but meeting yourself where you're at in setting goals is really, really helpful. Managing expectations and being honest with yourself also has to do with time devoted to training. So even aside from setting a goal, if we tell ourselves that we're going to work out for an hour every single day, we are potentially setting ourselves up for failure. Now, I know some people say set a big goal, it's motivating. I personally think that it's more motivating to set smaller goals and actually achieve them. Now, if you're someone who always rises to the occasion, and you you may well be that person, especially if you're a successful musician, you're motivated, you're a go-getter, you're disciplined, but 
I think that it's better for most people to just like say I'm going to train a couple days a week or I'm only going to train for 30 minutes instead of for an hour and do that consistently. Hit that workout, hit that goal, check the box, feel good about the fact that you did what you were you said you were going to do rather than reaching to do more and always falling short and then feeling like a failure which is demotivating. So Be honest with yourself about what can you actually achieve right now in terms of goals. You can probably achieve a lot, but maybe not peak performance or some goal that requires a ton of training time and intensity. And be honest with yourself and manage expectations about how much and how often you can train considering your schedule. I think you should work out at least twice a week, but if that's all you can do, that's all you can do. It's better to say, you know, that's all I can do and actually do it than to say, oh, I really want to do four, but only ever get two. Hopefully you can see psychologically why saying you're going to do two and doing two is a lot more motivating than saying you want to do four, but only doing two. Even though you did the same amount of workouts, one feels like success and one feels like failure. So that is my first suggestion. Manage expectations, be honest with yourself, be realistic. My second suggestion, and this is so huge, this is something that pretty much every fit professional musician that I've had on this podcast has done, is that they work out in a convenient spot. Most of the time, or maybe not most, but I'll say much of the time, this means having some type of a home gym. Even if you also go to a regular gym when you can, having some equipment at home can be a huge lifesaver. I think back to past episodes I've had on this show and like without fail, every single person that I've talked to has had some type of a home gym. So, you know, you can start to identify a trend like, okay, this person takes their training seriously. They want to make sure that they have access to equipment, that they're not at the whim of the hours of the gym. You know, maybe they're practicing at home or taking care of kids at home and they know, okay, then I can just get in a quick workout around that. Now, you don't need to spend like thousands of dollars and build a huge garage gym with like barbells and a whole bunch of shit. Like I have a home gym technically at my apartment, which is not very big. And we have sandbags, we have bands, we have a kettlebell, we have an easy bar and some sliders. That's basically it. But with that equipment and with a little bit of knowledge, that's enough to train hard and be consistent. So I definitely encourage you to have some type of exercise equipment at home, even if it's pretty minimalist. The other thing I would consider if you do want to go to the gym is what is the most convenient place? Do you report to a certain hall regularly and it makes sense to train around the corner from that? Or do you teach at a university? Can you get access to the gym there? Do you have a lot of gigs or recording sessions in the same neighborhood? Is there a gym there? Sometimes this might mean paying a little more for convenience. In the middle of my career, I spent six years working at kind of a high-end local chain gym in Chicago. It's similar to Equinox, but it's just local gym. And the membership was quite expensive, but we had a lot of people that worked out there that maybe it was a little bit of a stretch, but they commuted. It was in the middle of downtown, and they knew that if they tried to join a cheaper gym somewhere else, they just wouldn't go because by the time they got home from work, they'd be tired or they wouldn't have time to go before work. So a lot of people at that gym paid more than they might otherwise have paid because it was important to them to be consistent and having a gym that was convenient and close to work was going to help them be more consistent. Now, I'm not saying spend more than you can actually afford, but just know that if it's important to you to work out and you want to go to a gym, 
I would say that convenience of location based on the rest of your life. I know you might be all over the place, but there's likely some place that you're there mo- you're around most of the time. Paying a little more is probably worth it versus bargain hunting a gym that's way out of your way that you're never going to go to. So again, make your workouts as convenient as possible. Get some stuff at home, even if you're going to a gym. And if you do join a gym, try to be intelligent about what gym you go to and make it close to other stuff that you have going on. My third piece of advice is something that takes a little bit of practice, a little bit of self-education, but has huge, huge payoffs for you. And that is to learn how to be flexible. So there are many ways that this plays out. A really common one that I've experienced with my clients is that they planned to train on XYZ days or whatever times and a new gig popped up or a student asked to reschedule and all of a sudden they can't work out when they planned. Those clients need to be able to rearrange things in their schedule in order to get their workout in. Or maybe they need to understand how can I shorten my workout or how can I modify it? So like, let's say I was going to go to the gym, but now I can only work out at home. Like, what can I do at home to still work out instead of just throwing my hands in the air and saying, well, I was supposed to go to the gym. I can't. So now I can't work out. We need to understand how to rearrange our schedule, how to change things around. And we need to understand as I just mentioned basically how can we change our workouts when things are not optimal so another example of this would be if you can only go to the gym at a certain time and you get there and it's full of people and all the equipment you wanted to use is occupied what do you do if you don't have the option of just coming back later and you're already there you need to understand okay what are some potential exercises that i could substitute how can i do the same exercise with a different piece of equipment And how can I still have a good workout even if I have to go off plan? Now, of course, if you have a coach to help you, like my clients do, the coach can teach you about some of this. They can communicate with you. You can text them in the moment, whatever. But if you're working out on your own, this is why it's important to sort of educate yourself a little bit about basic fundamental principles of exercise. Why am I doing certain things? What do certain exercises do for me? And, you know, having an understanding of how to work your way around the gym so that you can modify in those moments. Because again, it's one thing if you can say, well, I'll just come back tomorrow. But if you don't have that option, you have to make the most of that time and you need to be flexible. The last piece of this is that sometimes we have to train at times that are not great for us personally. So for example, maybe the only time you have to train is at night when you come home from a long day. Or maybe you'll have to get up early and you're not a morning person. If it's really important to you to work out, you probably have to do that stuff some of the time. You have to be flexible. Even if you don't feel the greatest, you don't want to do it. I know that this is easier said than done. Trust me, I'm, I'm a morning person. Like if you told me you can only work out at night, I would be grumpy about it and I wouldn't want to do it. But ultimately, I would try to find a way like, okay, if I'm tired, can I do a little less? Can I change the intensity? So I'm still checking that box. Sometimes as a professional musician with the weird hours that you work, you're going to have to work out at at not ideal times. And we just have to accept that and understand that we can always modify our workouts in order to meet ourselves where we're at in that moment. So lots to think about in terms of flexibility. Like I said, practice this skill. Try to learn and understand why you're doing what you're doing. And that will go a long way. The fourth strategy that is really important is that We have to sometimes forget about optimal and focus on practical. Now, if you're listening to podcasts and you're on social media, you're reading blogs, there's so much information out there that's like really nitpicky about the absolute best optimal way to do XYZ. 
whether that's a specific exercise or a diet or a time of day to train or a way to arrange your workout, it's really easy to get in the weeds with this stuff and give it more importance than it truly has. But when it comes down to your results and how you feel every day, the most important thing is just showing up to the gym and working hard. And sometimes that means doing things that aren't optimal. So I'll give you some examples from my clients. What if you only have two days to work out and they're back to back? I've even had people where it's like, I have to work out Tuesday night and Wednesday morning, and that's all I can do. Is that optimal? Not really, but is getting those two workouts in better than only working out once or not at all? 100%. So sure, you can change around your workouts. One could be easier, harder. You could do different exercises, but you know, if you get like really stressed out about the fact that, oh, I need a certain amount of like rest or recovery, you're going to hold yourself back from just going to the gym and checking the training box. Other examples would be like, if you only have access to certain equipment at home, you know, you might not be able to go that heavy. You might not be able to do certain exercises. It might not be 100% optimal for certain goals, but does that mean that you can't get stronger or fitter or move your body? Of course not. You can make the most of the situation. So when time is at a premium, when stuff is changing around, you're constantly on the go and in different places, it's not really the time to get obsessed about optimal. Focus on what you can do, focus on what's practical, and make the best of your situation, whatever that is. The last piece of advice that I'll give you is another one that I've observed in everybody who's been on this podcast and all the fittest musicians that I know. And that is that at least some of what you're doing should be enjoyable. You should find something that's fun for you. Because when you enjoy something inherently, because you like the activity, because it's rewarding, because it's engaging, because you connect with other people, you're just much more motivated to do it. So examples from this podcast would be we had a few people that were really into powerlifting. One person is a big cyclist. One person is into yoga. Uh, I know on my in my network of bigger musicians some people are into various endurance sports like triathlon or swimming or running some people are into crossfit some people are more into the like functional training type of approach honestly the benefits of exercise are so big and especially if you're just you're getting stronger and you're doing some cardio like i think you can do pretty much anything and reap those benefits and i think that it's really important to just try to find something that you enjoy so that you keep coming back Nobody is going to be motivated to do something that sucks and that they hate, that they don't want to do, that they're not getting any better at. You can bully yourself or try to cajole yourself into doing it for a while, but long-term motivation depends on you feeling like you're autonomous and in control of what you're doing. You want to feel like you're learning and improving your competence and getting better, and you also want to feel connected to other people. And so I encourage you as you're exploring your own exercise preferences and routines and patterns to just try to find at least something that you do that's enjoyable. And maybe you don't enjoy it that much, but you have a good community around it. Like maybe the workouts kind of suck, but you you really enjoy the gym or you really enjoy the people that you've connected with online. Like that's that community aspect is also really powerful. I don't think it's realistic to expect yourself to stick with something that you suck at, that you hate, that's really lonely and isolating. Try to find ways to connect and get better and do stuff that you enjoy. So just to summarize, I've worked with a lot of professional musicians and the biggest challenge for these people is that their schedule's all over the place. It's constantly changing. A lot of times they're running all over town. And so it's difficult to plan. 
it's difficult to build like a really structured, consistent routine around exercise. And so I shared five strategies that I think are really helpful. The first was to manage expectations about what's possible in terms of goals and be realistic and honest with yourself about how much and how often you can actually train right now. The second one was to try to work out in a convenient spot. I strongly encourage you to build a home gym or get some exercise equipment at home. If you want to join a regular gym, consider where you spend the most time or what's easiest for you to get to and go there even if it costs a little bit more money than a bargain gym that's way out of your way. The third strategy was to be flexible. Shit's going to happen. Your schedule's going to change. Your planned workout's going to have to be moved. Can you rearrange things? Can you make it work anyway? And if you have to work out and equipment is taken or you're extra tired that day, you know, can you modify your workout? Do you understand what's most important? What can be cut? What can be changed? What can be adapted? Flexibility will help you so, so much in staying consistent. The fourth strategy is forget optimal and focus on practical. Some of the things you're going to have to do are not scientifically 100% optimal for totally maximizing your strength, performance, and body goals. But that's not your main focus in life. Your main focus in life is probably being a great musician, potentially being a great partner or family member, whatever. And you're using exercise to supplement those things. You're not a professional bodybuilder. You're not a professional athlete. And it's okay for you to do things that are not optimal in the name of consistency and playing the long game. And then my final tip was to find something you enjoy doing and or find some community around exercise. Those two things will keep you motivated long after any type of external motivation. I want to say as we wrap this up that if you're a musician or an artist or a creative person who wants to be more consistent with exercise, who wants to get started with strength training, or who's already consistent but feels bored or stuck or like they're not getting the most out of their workouts, I would love for you to consider working with me. This is exactly the type of work that I do in my fitness coaching. I help creative people get stronger, have more energy, and have a really fun time at the gym, making it all work in the context of their often super crazy schedules. If you are interested in coaching, you can visit my website and apply there, or you can just send me a DM. So my website, it would be carolinejusterfitness.com slash stronger, fitter, better, or you can just click the tab that says online training or send me a DM on Instagram. My handle is just my name at Caroline Juster. I also always love hearing from podcast listeners who enjoyed the show or had further questions or who want to suggest a topic for a future episode. I always respond if you hit me up, so please do that. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Building Stronger Creatives. If something you heard resonated with you, I would love for you to share this episode with someone else who might enjoy it. I also always appreciate comments, ratings, and reviews. These things help me get the word out to other creatives who could benefit from this type of information. See you back on the next episode. Until then, stay curious, stay passionate, and stay strong. Oh, 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 oh,